0: This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 16. Today you get to enjoy a conversation with the owner of Melange Paint, Morgan Schaub. Morgan and her husband Ryan started their mineral-based paint company last year and in a short amount of time have built their business into an incredible paint company offering a myriad of paint colors to choose from, all the while continuing to grow the line and the business. We'll hear a refinishing tip from Sander with Black Lab Furniture Revival, and we'll check in with Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture Restorations, Shelly with Basalt Mesa Studio, and Sarah with Sitting Pretty Home Decor to find out what they're working on in their studios this week. Continue listening to the end as we have some exciting announcements regarding the podcast that we know you will be eager to learn. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. We have always emphasized our love for featuring folks that have worked hard and taken the risk to pursue their dreams. This happens often in the refinishing world as many of you have taken up the career of refinishing when it wasn't always easy and didn't always make sense, but it paid off. Today we hear another success story on the supply side of refinishing. We talk with Morgan Schaub of Melange Paints to hear the backstory of how they started their successful business and are creating a love of their paint among many of you. Hi Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on.
1: Hey Lane, we're excited to be here.
0: You know, I admire so much people who have a dream and step out to make it happen. There are several elements involved in starting a business, and one of those is it can be risky. (laughs) Tell us how Milage Paint got started.
1: Oh my goodness. This dream is making me work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Um, so the, the short answer to that question, when someone asked me that question, my answer is it was all my husband's idea.
0: <laughs> He's the one that has the inspiration says, Hey, what if, what about? <laughs> yes.
1: He came up with that idea. Yeah. So his, his uh, suggestion to me was we, um we were looking for a line of paint to carry in one of our retail spaces And I was just kind of shopping around, looking at a few different options. And he said, "You make your own paint when you paint furniture. Why don't we just do our own paint line?" So that was like a light bulb moment for me. I I would never have thought of that myself. So when he said that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" So we uh, we started it. This has only been about six to eight months ago. Uh, We started. Yes, now I have painted. I've painted with my own blend of mineral paint for about 10 years, but um, starting the business was about six to eight months ago. So, yeah, that was his suggestion, and it kind of just hit the ground running, and we've been holding on for dear life ever since then.
0: Hit hit the ground running is an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Yes. Well, I just, I mean, I see so much about Milage Paint. Now, let me ask you this. I am pronouncing that correctly, right? Yes, okay. perfectly. Yeah, I see so much, uh, so many people talking about your paint and how great it is. And I just, I guess it's one of those things because I see so much of it. I feel like you guys have been around longer than six to eight months. So that mm-hmm. that's just like an incredible accomplishment.
1: Thank you. Yes, we're still very much a baby company and um, have gone through several <clears throat> growth spurts already with some growing pains along the way. And we're in another one right now. So very, very exciting. But yes, we're still very young.
0: Yeah. So when when your husband said that and you're like, you know what, that makes sense. Take us back to that like thinking process. Was there like, um, were you guys like weighing pros and cons or was there like any hesitation? Or were you like, now wait a minute. That's a good idea. But like how what what went on in your minds and your thought processes
1: I wish I could say that I was more analytical and I really thought things out but I am not that type of person um, I'm not a type A and I'm not organized so <laughs> I just it sounded like a great idea so we ran with it and um i jumped in um that's i'll I'll talk a little bit more i think um about how paint has been a lifelong passion for me but uh when he said that it literally was like an epiphany you know i just thought oh my gosh yes and Mm -hmm. um pretty much since then i i eat sleep and dream paint so um i just i dove into it and he has been My support along the way. And Ryan is the one that's organized and keeps Mm -hmm. the wheels on the bus, as we say. But um, I still don't have a business plan and I'm not that person that lines everything out. But Mm -hmm. the pieces have fallen into place and um, some really incredible things have already happened and doors have opened for us and we're just we're going with it.
0: That's that's really neat. I mean, it's neat to see how things have unfolded. And you said he's your support. Well, he better be, right? Because this was his idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's good that you guys are a team on this.
1: Yes, we're an excellent team
0: so are you like a chemist like a mad scientist like are you like uh often like a lab like mixing colors and like so what does that look like
1: so when i was perfecting our our um mineral blend our formula yes it was a lot a lot of trial and error we went through several uh renditions and threw away a lot of paint um yeah in the beginning so um even and that's even with having you know made my own paint for uh, about 8 to 10 years or so uh-huh. so um yes there there was a lot of trial and error um but now it's we we have our formula down um i i haven't written it anywhere it's in my head
0: <laughs> really <laughs>
1: My father-in-law was actually um, over at our business a while back, and he was kind of asking some of our ins and outs. And he's like, "Do you have your uh, your procedures written down anywhere?" And I said, "Nope, it's all right here." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll eventually get around to that. But um, no, now that now that we've got the formula figured out and our main colors in place, there's not as much of that going on.
0: Now, when you when you are mixing colors, you know, so much happens between when you're looking at a color that's not dry. Versus when it dries, so, like, are you mixing then then putting some on, letting it dry? I mean, is that the process?
1: Yes, absolutely. A color looks completely different wet as opposed to how it looks dry, and even when it's in packaging, it looks very different. Um, Another key aspect of that is the lighting of wherever wherever you're at and whatever you're painting lighting as all all my furniture refurnishing friends know lighting is key. Yeah. So, yes, we would try things in different lighting and one of my favorite aspects about what I do is I love creating colors that have very nuanced undertones so it can look green in one light or gray in a different light. Um we like to call those our chameleon colors. Mm-hmm. So um, if I can get a color that changes like that and sort of flexes and plays in light, I'm super happy. that's exactly what I'm going for. So
0: yeah, I love that aspect of of color. We uh, redid our kitchen a couple of years ago and we we ended up choosing a color like a it's like a deep blue and it's interesting because it has a little bit of a green tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not green. when you walk in the kitchen, you definitely see deep blue. But depending on the lighting and the time of day, there's there's just a, a little bit of that undertone like you're talking yes. about that you pick up. And I just I think that that makes it so rich.
1: Yes. So interesting. I love those colors.
0: You know, we'll talk a lot about your paints and dive more into that in just a bit. But I, I'd like to get to know more about you guys. So you because you talk about having painted for a number of years. Before you even started your own paint business six eight months ago, so tell tell us a little bit about um, you and your husband.
1: Sure. Um, so I was thinking back over that this morning and trying to sort of um, put things in chronological order because I figured you might ask that. But <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my very first quote real job um, after babysitting when I was a teenager was at a Sherwin Williams in our small town where I grew up. So. Uh, Little did I know at that time that paint would be a lifelong passion for me. So I just, you know, I I was looking for a job. I got hired there. I was the only girl in the place. I mean, the only woman, but definitely the only teenage girl. And um, this was back before the paint mixers were computerized. So everything Mm -hmm. was analog, um, hand dispensed. And I started learning then about um, tinting and what it takes to make certain colors so um, i worked there for a year or so and then kind of moved on and life has led me through a series of different jobs but for about the past i'd say 10 to 15 years i have painted furniture and been uh, very interested in home decor and interior design and um, done a number of different things in that vein ryan and i have been married for about four years And when uh, I started bringing him on board, uh, he was he doesn't have that background. Mm -hmm. So he was very interested in it. And um, like I said, we're a great partnership. And he just supported me fully and said, whatever you want to do, go for it. I trust your eye. You know, he knows that that's my passion. And he just has encouraged me along the way. That brings us to where we're at now.
0: Yeah, how valuable, you know, we sometimes don't think about those first entry-level jobs, do we, and, and how they're going to have a, a role in what we do 10, 15, 20 years down the road, but that oh, time yeah Sherwin-Williams uh, to be able to understand paint, how to mix it. Like you said, especially before computers were a part of the process because <laughs> mm-hmm. it looks, I don't know, maybe it's not, but it looks pretty easy now. You take a swatch sure. in and get them to match it and the computer does everything. So
1: Right. They punch a button and and that's it. And right. it's not exactly that easy. I mean, you have to know your bases and yeah. there, there are definitely those that are more knowledgeable, but... um. Definitely. I could never have had an idea when I was 17, that, uh, you know, 20 years later, I would still be playing in paint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And owning your own company. That's just excellent. We love those kinds of stories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now you, um, uh, are veteran owned now, is that you and your husband, just your husband or just you tell us about that.
1: So the veteran owned aspect of our company is my husband. He, this is a 50, 50 partnership. He, y'all just don't see as much of him because he mm-hmm. still has a day job. So, um, <clears throat> But, yes, he is former Air Force, and he was uh he's been stationed all around the world and I'm jealous of that aspect because he's traveled a lot and seen a yeah. lot of the world and um, he does bring some of those sensibilities to our partnership so um he's a a very his work ethic is amazing, and um the the time that he spent in the service is something that I'm really, really proud of, so yes, we love to um to support our military and to um, support other veterans
0: well please express our gratitude to your husband i mean i think and i'm speaking for myself but i know a lot of um, americans would say the same thing that we just too often take for granted the freedoms we enjoy because of the sacrifices uh, our veterans like your husband have made so please express uh, our thanksgiving and gratitude to him for sure and, and all those that are listening that are veterans
1: sure i sure will
0: So when you talk about your experience in paint and having, you know, the the chemical side, understanding paint, how to mix it and develop the colors, what about furniture finishing? Has that been a part of your background? So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So, yes, I would say about 10 years ago is when I really got serious with um, starting to refinish furniture. Um, I had dabbled in it along the way and done pieces for myself and for family members, but at that time, we were um, just honestly in a, in a financial situation where I needed to work and produce, so um, we, we actually needed to replace the roof on our house, which was kind of like an emergency situation, so we needed to come up with it quickly, and... Um, my friends were like, just start, start doing your furniture, you know, start doing, you've you've always been good at that. Let's just go start doing that. So I was like, okay, you know, so I had a lot of encouragement and I really just, um, and this is like even still before Facebook marketplace and, you know, things were really more still word of mouth or through, uh, like an antique store booth Mm -hmm. type of setup. So started doing my pieces like that. And, um, I used um, a couple of different lines of chalk paint. Um, There was a lot less back then than there is now and um, loved it. I mean, it's just paint that is made for furniture is so much better to paint furniture with than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really my first exposure and use of furniture paint. And um, shortly, I'd say about a year after I really started painting furniture is when I started dabbling in making my own.
0: That's incredible because when you like you just mentioned, when you think about furniture finishing today, um, you know, there's there's so much availability of paint. There is so many resources to uh, to utilize, not to mention the help that a lot of refinishers are, you know, provide one another within the community, but also the ability to sell on Facebook Marketplace at see in some of these, you know, places that, you know, we're not necessarily mm-hmm. around right. then. Uh, so that's 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 a great accomplishment as well to, to yes. have been in it that long you know and to have been successful <clears throat> with it
1: gosh it's a totally different world now it's 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 really a lot easier to sell your pieces and market them now thanks to social media um which is fabulous because it's really grown i think it's grown this as an option for a lot of people and yes there are so so many good paints out there um I've only tried just a small percentage and, um, whenever I see my customers using or loving other paints, I, I want to go try it. You know, I want to yeah. see what it's all about. I want to, I want to uh, see what the competition's like, but, yeah. um, I, I don't get around to doing that as often as I would like, but yes, there's a lot, a lot of good products out there.
0: Yeah. I think you have your hands full with your paint. You? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I would say so
0: you mentioned retail space was the retail space uh, that you initially had or started out, or maybe still it's the same today. What type of retail space?
1: So we are not in that space anymore since we've now opened our own brick and mortar, but um, well actually we're we're still in a couple of other um, antique uh, stores, mm-hmm. but this one was a uh, a pantry marketplace which is a, uh, a nationwide chain, and I think they're, they're growing quickly. Several of my customers have spaces in Pantry marketplaces, so that was the space that we were in when we were looking for our paint line, but um, we quickly outgrew that and moved into our own place.
0: Mm. Well, let's dive into the paint line itself, but I want to start off with the name, Melange. Where did that come from? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh naming things is really hard. Um especially when you're naming your business. You any any small business owner has had to uh, leap this hurdle and um you want something that you know is easy for your customers to remember but something distinctive and uh something you're not going to regret later. So uh Ryan and I went round and round with this one. And now looking back at some of the things that we thought about naming it, we're like, oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) So glad we didn't use that one. But um, melange means mixture in French or mixture or medley. So Uh um, our paint has a... A custom mixture of minerals in it. And we felt like that was just a really great synopsis, just a succinct word for what's, you know, for our paint. So yeah. um and it's unique and it's just a pretty word. I love the French language. So that's how we landed on that.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, like you just mentioned earlier. You want a name that's memorable, and I think that Melange Paint is just the name itself. Sometimes you struggle with, "Am I saying it right?" Like I asked you <laughs> early on, but that also helps make it memorable too, right? Because yes, you're like yes. it, it puts it, it. It's it's like you don't just glide over the name; it makes you stop and think about it. So yes, um, yes, yeah, so that's and, nice.
1: And we have heard it all. We know when someone calls looking for Malangi paints that that's right. <laughs> really? the that, that's a telemarketer. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then we have a few clients that do speak French and the way they say it, it's just beautiful. So um, we we are South Texans, so we say melange, but um, I don't think that's exactly the French rendition of it.
0: Yeah, you should just, uh, the next time somebody with a French accent, you should just say, can I (laughs) record this as you say this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny, though, about how to pronounce names, you know, because my last name is Ball. I mean, you can't Uh get any more simple than B-A-L-L. However, over the years, when I, like, if I go to a place or I have to give my name, I, I, you know, so often people say, well, how do you spell that? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) B-A-L-L. And they're usually like, oh, yeah. But I think, I don't know, I guess they they don't necessarily hear the the L's or maybe they think it's B-A-U-G-H. Oh,
1: yes. Mm -hmm.
0: But it's funny with names. Okay, so... Um, tell us specifically about the paint itself. Because like you mentioned, and we both talked about, there are a lot of paints out there. So what what is this paint and what makes it unique?
1: One thing that we wanted to be sure to um, offer in our paint was something that was as eco-friendly as possible. And so that... That has guided us in a lot of the choices that we've made along the way. So our paint is water-based acrylic with organic minerals added into it. It is water cleanup, and it's packaged in recyclable glass jars. So that, that right there, just what the paint is made from and what it's packaged in, is pretty unique. I, I don't know of any other paint line that is currently packaged in glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I love about the glass is that it is endlessly recyclable, Well, it's endlessly reusable until Mm -hmm. you don't want to use it anymore or it breaks. But after that, you can uh, recycle and use glass over and over and over again, as opposed to metal and plastic are only recyclable to a certain point. So um, our jars do have plastic lids, but that plastic is also recyclable. So um, that was a big a big decision we made in the very beginning. And there was a learning curve with it as far as shipping glass. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we've overcome those challenges, and it's been well worth it because our customers love our glass packaging. And then, as far as our paint, it is—it's just a fabulous consistency, and it is self-priming. It's um, very creamy, very self-leveling, great coverage. Um, those are all things that our customers love about our paint.
0: Now, when you talk about the uh, the creaminess of it, um, so it's not too thin, it's not too thick. <clears throat> Do you, uh, is there ever a time when people are using it where they should keep a spray bottle to like a mister or anything to, um, to spray on it? Is that ever needed?
1: Um, it's really all personal preference. Some of my customers do enjoy, you know, misting their pieces as they're going to help reduce drag. Um, now, since our paint is hand mixed and hand poured, there can be slight variations in the consistency. Generally, our lighter colors tend to be a little bit thicker because they have a different type of primer in them. And that primer and um, pigments reacts a little differently with our mineral mix. So those can be a little thicker and can require diluting. And then um, generally our dark blues tend to be a little thinner. Mm-hmm. That Those pigments also react differently. So there can be some variance. As far as misting it as you go, that's really just a personal preference.
0: What about distressing it? Uh do you recommend it wet distressing or waiting to let it fully dry then take going back over with sandpaper? Uh what's your what's your recommendation there?
1: Um it's funny you mentioned distressing because it, it seems that distressing is not really the trend anymore, which I love a good distressed piece. Um as a mom of 4 and several pets in the house, the more distressed my piece starts out, the better it
0: looks as it lives in that. my house. Yeah.
1: The better, the, the better the longevity is for the way it looks. That's not really where the trend is anymore. I don't think uh, we're kind of moving towards like a sleek, modern, you know, smooth finish. But mm-hmm. um, if you do like to distress, you can wet distress. Um, you can also distress with hemp oil instead of water. So a different type of wet distressing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can, um, You can distress with uh, sandpaper. But if you are going to sand, I I would recommend you let it sit on the piece for at least 24 hours and make sure that it dries completely before you start taking sandpaper to it. Just to that way you don't take off more paint than you intended to.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. When you talk about the trends, uh, we've noticed that as well, that uh, you still see some folks distressing uh but that clean and classic is really getting popular now and, yes it uh, is overtaking the uh definitely taking the uh social media feed isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's nice it's it's fun to see trends it's fun to see things sort of come and go and but at the same time you know i i suppose some of these other styles are, are always going to be around and that's that's neat too
1: Oh, definitely. Um, Yes, the trends are awesome to follow because it always keeps it fresh and exciting. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's always going to be the next hottest product and the next greatest trend. And um, I think that as far as the community and and styles in general, there's just something for everyone. You know, there's the mid-century look, there's the farmhouse, there's Bohemian, there's just, there's so many different things that you can do and directions you can go. So I, I love that eclectic, you know, everybody's got, an option.
0: We're going to take a short break to learn about another great product by Zebra. This podcast is sponsored by Zebra, makers of the high-end yet affordable line of application-specific paintbrushes. Did you also know that Zebra produces one of the most innovative drop cloths on the market? Well, I say drop cloths just to put the product in context because it really is far from any drop cloth you've seen before. These really cool protective floor coverings are called speed drops. And once you see them and how they work, you will want a few for your refinishing shop. The basic speed drop is 7 feet long by 2 feet wide. It's a triple layered mat that protects your floors in case of paint spills. And that triple layer includes a soft layer that makes it easy on your knees when you're working low to the ground. Pretty common for furniture refinishers, isn't it? You can learn more about speed drops at enjoyzebra.com. Go to the painting accessories tab. Now back to our interview with Morgan. You talk about the eco-friendly aspect of it, and I know a lot of people listening are going to want to know this as well. But um, you know, this is extremely important. So uh, we talk about VOC. Uh, it, so this paint is safe for anyone to use as well.
1: Yes, all, all of our paints are either zero or low VOC.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that uh, is a um, an important aspect of paint today and that's that's really nice i mean it's it's nice to be able to paint and not have to worry about your yes yourself your children and your your pets
1: mm-hmm. the technology has definitely come a long way
0: man you have a lot of colors and when i think <laughs> I, I, I just i go i get kind of tired because i'm thinking about six to eight months in the business and <laughs> what's your count what like how many colors do you guys have now
1: Right now, we uh, officially have 48 colors on our palette, but we really have 50. I just don't have a palette that shows everything. And um, yeah, so we're sitting at 50. We just discontinued several colors that we started with that um, didn't quite hit the mark. So we have um, dropped a few colors. And then we are releasing four new colors in June. So we should be sitting right around 54 by the time the end of June, uh, after we release all four colors. So...
0: That's going to be hard because, you know, there's so many different color variations within the different colors themselves. Like you take blues, for example. I mean, there's thousands, if not millions of color variations, right? So mm-hmm. to be able to decide how many different colors of blues do we want, how many different colors of greens and how many different tones of yellow mm-hmm. i mean not colors, but how many different tones within these different colors, I guess, are you just sort of going based on? gut instinct and your knowledge of the industry and what you think the trends are going to be?
1: Yes, some of it is forecasting. I do follow several um, sources like the Pantone, you know, what they say is going to be the color of the year. Um, They're not, it's not always 100%, you know, what does wind up being a big trend, but it can be a good indicator. Um, But mostly I choose colors that I love. And I think that is, uh, the, the privilege of you know having this business is I get to play with colors that I think are beautiful. So it's funny you mentioned blues because if it was up to me, we would have nothing but blues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs>
1: but I just absolutely love blue, but um, blue is not, I don't think that that's the most popular color going right now. So, um, greens are amazingly uh popular and neutrals. So uh, in fact, I, I feel like I don't have enough neutrals or enough greens. So uh, before too long, I might be sitting at a (laughs) hundred (laughs) colors.
0: Yeah. Uh, I could see that, you know, really easy to get out of control. Yes. What about, just tell me, I mean, since we're talking about trend, what about white? You You say neutral and I know white is neutral. Is white still a really big popular color, do you think?
1: Absolutely. Um, any furniture refinisher is going to tell you if they want to sell their piece, they paint it white. And mm-hmm. we all joke about Ugh, white, you know, uh, white is so boring, but white is so classic. It mm-hmm. just it shows the lines of your piece. It goes with any decor scheme. Um, <clears throat> white will never go out of style. It is truly, truly classic and White is also very interesting because if you want to talk about different shades and nuances, let's talk about white because you can <laughs> you can be looking at white and think, oh, that's white, but no, it's not like that. There's a, a million shades of white.
0: Yeah, well, even in the the base paint, like if you go to a big box store and you're looking at their paint, and you either with the person who's mixing it or you go grab. Uh, there not there different types? Like there's the ultra white and a, I don't know if they call it a base white. Yes. But it's interesting because I've done that where I've gone to the store, bought some white, not really thought that much about it. And then let's say it's exterior white for painting, you know, uh, trim molding on the on the exterior of your home. Mm-hmm. And you put down that white and you're like, wait a minute. This is not. <laughs> I thought I was asking for white. This is white, but it's not the white that I had here previously. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's... not
1: the white I had in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. There's such a wide range of, you know, running from cool to neutral to warm whites. So um, the white off the shelf is usually your ultra pure white. Anything after that is going to have some tint in it. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, I, I love a good warm white. I even love a muddy white. I like my colors to have a lot of earth to them. So I don't have a lot of cool whites i have one very pure white which is sonnet and then we have three or four other whites and they all have some warm tints to them
0: yeah i I tend i think just personally i tend to lean more toward colors that have some warm tones to it even Mm -hmm. even in the neutral stuff but i'm a big fan of blue so that's more cool but then you can get some warm tones and even in the blue so that's nice yes boy you talk about uh the, the struggle coming up with a name for your for your paint line, <laughs> how in the world did you deal with coming up with names for so many different colors?
1: Um, that is one of the parts of my job that is the most fun. You know, every everybody loves to look at the paint name, right? And a lot of times the paint name will sell you on the color if it's a great name. So, um yes I uh I love to read read is one of reading is one of my favorite hobbies when I'm not making paint 24 seven but along with that has come a love of words so um, I kind of just had this little jewel box of interesting words in my mind that I sort of had stashed away you know and mm-hmm. I just I kind of just go back to those words that I love the sound of over and over like um, apothecary is one of my mm-hmm. favorite names it's just. Such a great word, and it it so suits the color that it is. So there have been some duds. There have been some names that we chose that um, it's kind of like, eh, we could have done better. But, you know, when there's 50 to 60 colors being named, they're not all going to be home runs.
0: Yeah. C- crazy question but can you ever change a name to keep the same formula the same color but you're like this is this name i think is keeping it from selling
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know if i would do that i feel like it might confuse my customers um i would rather just drop that color and add a new one because that's yeah. another thing uh, our customers do love is that we have uh, we have added several new colors and we will continue to do that and follow the trends Um, in our market space. And and that'll just, that'll give me all the naming opportunities that I'll need in the future.
0: Yeah. I had to, I had to jot down a few names that really stood out to me, but uh, I was wanted to ask you about patchouli. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, that obviously is a, a lot of people use that as an essential oil.
1: Yes. What
0: made you choose just, I guess, patchouli has such an earth scent to it, right? Yeah. Earth.
1: Earthy tone. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I am a hippie, so uh, I am that girl <laughs> that has all those essential oils in her cabinet. That's 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 for another podcast interview. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about essential oils and home birth and all the great things. But um, that color is very herbal. It could be uh, it could be named eucalyptus. It could really be named sage. And there are so many sage greens out there that I, I didn't want to go with that because it's just prolific. So. Um, Patchouli is another one of those really fun to say words. So I just, I thought we would dust that one off and use it in place of sage.
0: Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Funny, Mm -hmm. it made me think of patchouli too, because uh, we use a lot of essential oils as well. They're tremendously Mm -hmm. beneficial in so many ways. You know, Katie Cloud with her candle business, Mm -hmm. she uses a lot. She talks a lot about patchouli being in some of the uh, candles. In fact, in most of her candles as uh, as a scent, Uh, it's just such a... Such oh, a, it's, a, it's great, such a great, great scent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is.
1: When Did we you, brought that paint line out, somebody asked me if it was scratch and sniff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's
1: like, well, I wish.
0: <laughs> that would be cool. On you know, yeah. on some of them. Uh, just a few other names that I thought were really neat uh, was salute, traveler, duffel, knapsack, and walkabout. I don't know. Is this really? Uh, cool. And, and, and it's neat to see the names and the mm-hmm. and the color with it, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, there was no conflict. There was no conflict in, in uh, my eyes and the, the words okay. and the color. So good job That's on that. That's very
1: interesting. Thanks. I'm, I like hearing that, getting that feedback. Well, salute is obviously a nod to my husband's veteran background. And um, walkabout is um, a, a you, do you know what a walkabout is?
0: Uh, well, I was, you know, when, when I no, I, well, I don't know. Tell me, because I may be thinking (laughs) there is a, if I'm not mistaken, there's a shoe company.
1: Okay, I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, so. Well, when we started with our original palette, um, one of my guiding, I guess, ideas was naming the colors with like a bohemian slant or a traveler vagabond. Uh You know, a lot of those names, uh, because that bohemian is my preferred aesthetic that's just where i naturally go so mm-hmm. a walkabout is like a um a journey or a uh, a walk that you would go on it's the term comes from australia i believe so okay. um yeah that color is just it's a perfect periwinkle really it's a blue and purple mix but i just see skies when i look at that color so
0: well when i when i saw the walkabout uh if I'm thinking correctly, sometimes I my, I have such an imagination. My mind pieces things that uh, sometimes aren't always there. But when I talk about when I saw the walkabout and the color, it just it was just very serene and peaceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yes. I, and that's the reason why I also like duffel and knapsack. I just I'm mm-hmm. a traveler. It was it was uh, very relaxing, natureistic. I yes. uh, like that. And and I also want to add. I think this is cool too, uh, especially for listeners that want to really explore more about the the pain and the colors. You know, sometimes it's difficult when you see a color trying to visualize it on a piece of furniture, but on a great deal of your colors, when you move your cursor over the color, you see a piece of furniture that someone painted uh, using that color. Yes. And uh, that's really helpful, too.
1: Yes. Um, I'm trying to get examples of every color on there. But yeah, with over 50 colors, I definitely don't have time to paint a piece in every color. So as they have <laughs> sold and I've gotten those um, you know, photos from customers and some of our ambassadors, we have been adding them to the website. But uh, I am the webmaster currently. Hopefully I'll get to hire that out someday. But uh, yeah, that the, the I do that as I can get to it. But yeah. it is very helpful to see those pieces painted.
0: Yeah, just uh, yeah, and just make sure, uh, listeners, that you when you go out there that you move that cursor because that's the way most most of the time it works on, on web. You usually, get more images when you move the cursor over the the mm-hmm. image there or the product that you're looking at. But it's extremely helpful. So you, you said six to eight months. You're in some retail spaces. I see a lot of furniture refinishers now using your paint. For those that are listening, obviously you have a website, so they can go there to order. But how? what is your uh, retail expansion like as far as getting into uh, small boutiques?
1: Sure, we are um we are really beginning to branch out into that right now. So, um we've been working with several local and nationwide retailers to hash out how to get the paint to them. The main issue is shipping mm-hmm. because it again it's in glass jars and it's very heavy. So, just trying to um massage those numbers and get it to to where it works for everybody so we're just about there we have two to three retailers that have placed orders and we will be getting those orders shipped out here in the next couple of weeks and um as of yesterday we uh landed our first canadian retailer so wow. we're super excited about that
0: yeah as well as mm-hmm. our, our canadian friends that are furniture yes. the tree finishers. they're you know, people don't realize the the back end um, challenges that go when you have a business getting your places or excuse me, getting your product over the border uh, mm-hmm. and across the seas. That exactly. takes a lot of work. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of expense involved, um, you know, and sometimes it's frustrating, especially when you look into you take a place like Canada. Um and you know Canadians are our neighbors they' are friends, and so when you mm-hmm. think about shipping something uh, no big deal it's you know there 's no land there 's no water to cross over right there's a lot involved in the customs process and the expense. And uh, so it's a bit of a challenge, but uh, absolutely
1: it's been a huge challenge and we have so many would be customers in Canada. So just, just starting, you know, just cracking that nut and getting there and getting in with um, at least one retailer. I've got a couple of others that we're talking to. I am very excited to be able to offer that to our Canadian customers because they've been asking.
0: us. So do you have a place on your website for, um, or is it just basic uh, contact information? that retailers should go to? Because I know a lot of our listeners, furniture finishers, they have small shops. Mm-hmm. They may be interested in, in um, carrying your, your product, and uh, whether they're in the U.S. or Canada.
1: Sure. They can contact us a number of different ways. We are very active on Instagram. They can DM us there, or they can go to our website, and at the bottom, there is a link for wholesale inquiries, and it'll take them to a form they can fill out, and that'll come to our email address.
0: OK, excellent. So give us a picture uh, long term, just I mean, as much as you can. I know a lot of times things are strategic and you can't always share that. But with respect to like where you want to go being at six, eight months and where you want to be a year from now, um, are you looking at new product developments? What, what can we sort of um, expect?
1: Sure. Um, yes, I am like i said i dream about paint every night so i'll, <laughs> I'll wake up and be like oh i need to we got to make this we got to offer this um but a couple of things that we are zeroing in on and have in development right now is we are formulating a line of all in one paint that we will be offering i would say within probably the next 2 to 3 months and by all in one i mean it has primer minerals and top coat all together in one paint so oh. it's going to eliminate that top coat step for people that uh, top coating is kind of the achilles heel for a lot of refinishers it's just you, your piece is perfect and then you put your top coat on and uh, it all goes south so
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
1: so we we are very excited to be developing that and offering it it's in it's in trial right now with some of our um, ambassadors They're they're trying it out for us and going to be letting us know how they like it. So, yeah, so that's coming. And then we have another line of paint in development. That's completely different from anything else we have. And um, there are not that many manufacturers of this type of paint in America. So we're going to be making our own in-house and I am over the moon excited to be working on that project too.
0: So this will be an addition to the mineral based paint that you have today.
1: Yes. And I'm going to keep that one kind of under wraps just because, um, it's still very much in the, um, that that chemist stage that we were talking yeah. about earlier so i'm making a lot of oops batches <laughs> <laughs> and uh and learning as i go but it's um very very exciting and i can't wait till it's done
0: well now you know like when you go to the home centers and they have those little sections of you know oops and you can buy those <laughs> uh if somebody comes to your place like is it can they look on the back door and see if you have any oops <laughs> cans back there <laughs>
1: you know that's a really great idea <laughs> i should have like a whole oops
0: yeah, section I mean, of
1: my. It, it would be a very large <laughs> section, but, um, I, I do actually have several colors that we have gone through and, and not added to the palette. And my thought has been to sort of sell them off maybe in stories or have that section on the website. I just haven't gotten to it yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, people, people love stuff like that. And oh yeah. Let's it be one of a kind, right? <laughs> I mean, exactly.
1: That's what we'll call it. <laughs> one of a kind.
0: Oh, that's cool. Okay. So Sugarland, Texas. hmm Lot of sugar in, in this part of. The, I mean, <laughs> where did the name come from? I wonder where they came up with that that name.
1: Yes, um, Sugarland has been a city since the '40s. Um, the reason it's named Sugarland is because it started as a company town for Imperial Sugar Company. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so um, they are not any not any longer. They're not manufactured here, but this is where they started, and we actually live about a mile and a half or so from the old sugar factory. They're going to be it's like a really I think it's four or five uh, stories brick building and they're going to be uh, renovating it and turning it into like a mixed retail and restaurant space. So it's going to be a, a shopping area. But um, yeah, Sugarland started as a little bitty company town out in the country. And now it's a bedroom community for Houston. We're a suburb.
0: Well, it's cool that they're taking this, uh, what was normally their uh, place of business and turning it into retail space. They've done that a lot. I'm sure they've done that all over the the country and in other mm-hmm. parts of the world. But I know, you know, in our part in North Carolina, um, you know. There was, I don't know if you remember hearing Cannon Mills, you know, Cannon made a lot of towels and sheets and, you know, uh, in fact, my grandfather worked in Cannon Mills uh, many, many years ago, but uh, I don't know what year it was that they shut things down and closed up shop and they've taken a lot of those old factory mills and they've made antique malls out of them. They've made uh, just really cool spaces out of them and it's fun to walk through them because you realize there's such history here, you know, I mean, absolutely. So Sugarland, is there any other notable things to know about Sugarland other than the fact it's the home of Melange paint? (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) It's also the home of the Sugarland Skeeters if you're a baseball fan.
0: Okay, Um, that's that's exciting.
1: Yes, they're a triple A team for the Houston Astros. And um it actually um back in the sixties and seventies, it was a center for the Texas uh, justice system, Department of Justice. So there are several prisons around our area. I don't know if you really wanted me to go down that <laughs> path, but uh, Yeah, I left the, it open, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> but my father in law actually worked as a prison guard and it was kind of known for that too, as along with ranching and yeah. other farming um aspects. It was very rural and a very uh, like I said, a small country town, but it has exploded uh, since the 90s. And we're in Fort Bend County, which is one of the fastest growing counties in the country. I don't think it's the top of the list anymore, but it's it's up there. So yes, mm-hmm. it's definitely a booming area to be in.
0: How far drive is it for you to get to, to Houston?
1: Um, from downtown, we're about 20 minutes.
0: Man, that's close. It is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's, that's really, it's, it's kind of neat to be in a, in a small town like Sugarland, but yet be so close to the big city.
1: Yes. I love, love that about where we're at. And, um, like I said, Sugarland was only incorporated in the 40s, so um, there's not a lot of historic area. Like, there's no town square. There's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But um, there is this, the the sugar mill area, and then like a small residential area, which was small cottage homes built back in the 30s and 40s. And so that is like the nucleus of our town, and then yeah. um, the rest of it's been more recent.
0: Now, did you guys experience um, flood damage uh, during the floods that came through Houston? Was that last year?
1: Um, well, Houston is the Bayou City, so we flood almost every year, Some somewhere floods. But I think you're probably referring to Harvey. Um, yes, we, that's what it had, was. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 55 inches of rain in 24 hours, so anywhere would flood with that. But uh, we actually were not living in this home at that time, but no, we were very blessed to escape any flooding. And um, several of our friends and family flooded and lost everything. It was just a heart-wrenching time to go through. But Houstonians are resilient and they have bounced back. It's just part of living here. I mean, you come to expect it and you know you have to carry flood insurance. So Yeah, well, that,
0: that was going to be my next question, living in a Bayou area like that. Uh, because you take a, an area like where I live, you don't have flood insurance. Doesn't mean you're not going to need it at some point, mm-hmm. but you just don't have it. So mm-hmm. that's good to know that that's a common thing in that area.
1: Yeah, each area, you know, I'm sure you've got your natural disasters that happen where you live. I have friends in California that, you know, they're like, oh, it's fire season now. Or friends in Oklahoma where it's Tornado Alley. We are, uh, we flood and we have hurricanes.
0: (laughs) Well, this goes without saying, but we are pretty excited that you guys carry the zebra paint brushes. (laughs) It's always a huge compliment to our brand when a retailer or paint company decides to sell our brushes. So thank you so much for, for doing that
1: yes we absolutely love your brush we sort of have a crush on y'all so (laughs) it's a great it's a great um pairing with our paint and our customers have told us over and over again that you guys are their favorite brush to use with our paint and that's when we started looking at carrying it because they they were asking so
0: yeah well you you know what that's like and i i've said this over and over again but just on behalf of myself and the entire zebra crew You know what that's like when somebody when you work hard to develop a product and when people love it. I mean, Uh it's just I don't know. It's uh, it really motivates you to continue to work hard and to continue to grow and develop. But it's such like a reward, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's just so absolutely
1: cool. it's so affirming and just um, it makes all that hard work worth it.
0: Well, Morgan, it's been great getting to know you better and to learn more about Melange Paints. Uh, I've heard so many from so many people who have fallen in love with your paint. So thanks for coming on and sharing and as well for being our May paint sponsor for the Zebra Review.
1: Yes, we're excited to do that. Really excited and um, so grateful to have been here and gotten to chat with you today, Lane.
0: Well, you take care and uh, your, uh, our best to your husband, Ryan.
1: Yes, I'll pass it on to him. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.
0: Today's refinishing tip comes from Sandra with Black Lab Furniture Revival.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Sandra from Black Lab Furniture Revival with a painting tip. Have you ever taken off the painter's tape off your painted piece? and have the paint pull with it. Well, next time, on your last coat before it dries, pull off the tape and it also helps to pull it at a 45 degree angle. I hope this trick helps you and I hope you have a great week.
0: Great tips, Sandra. Thanks for sharing. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week.
1: Hey you guys, it's Jen at Perfectly Imperfect. So this week, I am finishing up an amazing piece. It's a 12-drawer Franklin Shockey MCM dresser, and it looks amazing. I can't wait to share it with you guys. That's going to be coming soon. Um, When I'm done with that, I am moving in a really awesome antique hutch that is for a custom client, and we are going with chippy milk paint. So it couldn't be more different than sleek MCM, right? Um, So stay tuned for that. Follow along in my stories on Instagram and Facebook. I like to share as much as I can with you guys. You can find me at Perfectly Imperfect Furniture Restoration.
0: Hi, this is Shelly with Basalt Mesa Studio. This week I'm working on the cutest little black desk using my Zebra Palm Pro and my Zebra Fan Brush, two of my favorite brushes. I use these brushes on just about every piece that I do. Um, They're my favorites. I love the Palm Pro, especially for getting into those really tight spaces where it's hard to get a long handle brush in. And both of these brushes are great for cutting in. So I hope everyone has a great week and happy painting.
1: Hey guys, this is Sarah with Setting Pretty Home Decor. Oh man, what have I not been doing lately? (laughs) We just had baby number six, Frankie Jean. She will be three weeks this week. She is doing wonderful, as are the rest of the kiddos. Um, I have a little four-door dresser that I'm working on. I promised myself I wouldn't dive right into a project. So I'm just taking my time, sanding on it a little bit here and there. Um, We just listed our home for sale and made an offer on another one because why not just do all the life changes at once? (laughs) Um, And I did actually have a zebra paintbrush in my hand this week because I was touching up paint on some kitchen cabinets um, to get our house ready for sale. So other than that, just laying low.
0: Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. June is here. And so that means we have a new monthly contest theme and it is textures. Man, you will have lots of opportunity to get creative and beyond with this theme. Milk paint is great for creating texture and or incorporating different materials like molds, caning, paint additives, or wallpaper. This will be a lot of fun. You can enter any piece with texture that was refinished from January 1st, 2021 through June 30th, 2021. We have great prize sponsors, Shacto Interiors Milk Paint, D-Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Paintbrushes. Enjoy this exciting theme and we can't wait to see what you come up with. Just a few weeks ago, I had the privilege to interview a well-known refinisher and podcaster, Kacha, and her husband, Carlos. They invited me to interview them on their YouTube channel. We had a fun time, and I learned so much about them and how they got started. They are a great couple, and I'm sure you would enjoy checking their YouTube channel out. Simply go to YouTube, and in the search window, type in Kacha, spelled K-A-C-H-A. You will enjoy her weekly YouTube videos as she refinishes challenging pieces, and you can check out her podcast called The Kacha Podcast. Stay tuned as next week you'll hear them on our podcast as I talk with them about monetizing your furniture refinishing business beyond just the furniture refinishing and selling of your pieces. So stay tuned. Are you new to the refinishing industry and looking for some feedback about your refinishing work, your staging, and or your photography, or maybe you've been around for a while and you like the challenge of having your work before a panel of refinishers you highly respect? Sure, it can be intimidating to be critiqued, but it's so worth it. I mean, this is how we grow. This is how we develop our skills. We are introducing a segment to the podcast called the Furniture Council. Our council is made up of four well-respected refinishers in the industry. Fabby Brown of Blush and Ivy Design, Jen Fisher and Amanda Dingelman with the Vintage Sisters, and Kristen Litka with Shakti Interiors. We like to think of the Furniture Council as a sort of furniture American idol. You know, the singer stands on stage and sings their heart out, and then the judges encourage them and sometimes share a few things that aren't always easy to hear, but really are designed to help us in the end. The difference is, however, that we don't intend on embarrassing you, we plan to have fun in the process and help you to achieve your best. So, if you have any interest in having your work before the Council, email me at lane at enjoyzebert.com. You'll send images of some of your work or a specific piece to the Council, and then you'll appear on our podcast as they share the good and the areas that could use some improvement. And with our Council panelists, you will get worthy and helpful advice. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blog's Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on thezebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at the thezebrablog.com. That's zebra with an eye blog.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing. Oh,